Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out Five reasonsports.com the only all free south florida sports website where you can find not only our columns and our articles and our podcast and our youtube channel but you can also get all of our merchandise including a bunch of heat stuff and yes the shirts are going out you'll get them quicker than you would if you ordered them from the nba store the nfl store or anywhere else we've got our Tua stuff but also our bam stuff our jimmy stuff our hero stuff it is all there also check out all the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network we really appreciate the sponsors all south florida for coming through for us during the pandemic. We want you to come through for them. These are all terrific sponsors, and they're based here in South Florida. And one of them is the law firm of Gonzalez and Tybor. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. They represent clients in South Florida, but also in Orlando, Tampa, and Fort Myers. And here's the thing. Bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exists to actually help consumers. I know it can be a dirty word at times. It's not. And the new stimulus package that went out, they made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it's important to have a lawyer explain the changes. They've got payment plans at Gonzalez and Tybor, little to no upfront fees, and they can do the consultations through telephone or video conference. Again, the website is bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954, local Broward, 678-8354. That's 954-678-8354. 8354. They can help you or anyone you know if you're lucky enough to make it through COVID with no financial problems. Chances are you know someone who is not that lucky. Gonzalez and Tybor can help. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt, living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy can give them a chance to start fresh. It does not ruin credit. Most people see an increase of 100 to 150 points on their credit score within a year of filing. So again, the website is bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Gonzalez and Tybor, 954-678-8354. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. ALF954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo recording this on a rainy Memorial Day, so Alex and I decided to get together and pod, but there is actual... NBA news, Alex, and we've been, I would say, as on top of this as anybody um, because we've had people on the podcast who've talked about it. So check out recent episodes about the Orlando plan. Um, We got into that a couple of episodes ago and sort of where this thing is going. And it looks like, look, NBA teams are starting to gather again. Uh, They've been working out. It looks like players may be coming back in the next week to two that are not back already. And it looks like there may be a season. I mean, I'm looking at television right now, and I guess the Ozarks, everybody's decided to party on top of each other. So I guess why not bring the NBA back? But, Alex, let's go through some of the plans that are out there and then kind of the development where 
it's crystallizing a little bit on who the Heat would play in the first round of the playoffs if this thing's happened. So let me throw the scenarios at you. Tell me what you like. One scenario has been thrown out there was this 24-team scenario with, with some teams getting buys. But essentially, that keeps some of the teams that were out of the playoff picture in the mix to possibly challenge for a playoff spot. Now, in the East and the West, the difference between eight and nine was at least three and a half games. But you still could have a Washington try to sneak in. You still could have a New Orleans, which was gaining momentum with Zion, try to sneak in. Um, what do you think of the 24-team idea? Wait, wouldn't it be 16? No, the first one that they've talked about would be 20. Well, one, we're going to talk about we're 16. We're talking about playoff plus. We're talking about playoff plus first, yes. Okay, well, I think that's a – I mean, I'm not really in on it. I, I prefer the whole playoff plus thing where you just kind of do the single-game tournament uh, for the teams that are in the race, and then you go to the playoffs. That would be my preference. What, what do you think about the 24-team thing? What's the, what are the pros for that? Well, I think the pros, obviously, are that you – you know, the end of the season early – and so it becomes somewhat unfair to the teams that got knocked out. Although I would say that playing 64 to 67 games is a representative enough sample size. I mean, it's not like you played 40. I've said that consistently on the pod. I mean, even during the lockout season a few years ago, you know, they played 66. Okay. And everybody, some people put an asterisk next to that season. I didn't because I covered that season. I traveled with the heat that year. I know how hard it was to play three games in three nights. Remember when the heat swept three and three nights, I think it was Indiana, Cleveland. I can't remember the other city. I never put an asterisk behind that season because everybody had the same rules. If everybody has the same rules, then it's fine, okay? But the way that you're looking at it right now is that, you know, there were some teams that were on the fringe that, like I said, were building momentum, okay? Now, I don't care about the East because there was really, honestly, there were only six teams in the East that even deserved to make the playoffs, okay? Mm -hmm. Even though the conferences are more balanced than they were before, there were only six that even deserved it. In the West, the eighth seed was not as – highly ranked as in previous years. Memphis was a big surprise. They were over 500. But typically in the West, if you've looked in recent seasons, almost the last 20 seasons, there would be several teams over 500 that were out of the playoff picture. That was not the case this year, okay? You, you had some that just missed, okay? And I'm going to look at the standings now. You had some that just missed. Um, but you didn't have, you know, and again, New Orleans is the one that everybody talks about because everybody wanted to see more of Zion. And they were starting to win a lot more once they got there that. too. And they were in but, the conference finals last year. You know, uh, Dame and CJ would be would be vocal about wanting to get a chance to be back in the playoffs after being there pretty much every year. Absolutely. So you look at the teams that are out. Okay. So the Grizzlies were actually I shouldn't say the Grizzlies were over five hundred. They they slipped under five hundred. They lost their last game of the year. <laughs> so they so they were thirty two and thirty three. But then you had the Blazers twenty nine and thirty seven. Pelicans 28 and 36, Kings 28 and 36, Spurs 27 and 36, Suns 26 and 39, and then the Wolves and the Warriors. Um, although nobody would want to play the Warriors right now if Clay and Steph were actually coming back. Uh, but but if you look at uh, look, you, you say you say that McCollum and Lillard would be vocal, and I would say yes, okay, they would be, and then I'd say you're eight games under 500. I mean through 66. Ooh. I mean I mean it, again, it's not like they played 40. I mean that team had time. They also, not that this should matter, they did not, they had some injuries, yes. Yeah, they definitely did. They had some injuries, but, but Dame was healthy, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Whiteside was healthy, for what that's worth. McCollum was healthy. McCollum was healthy, he just wasn't good early in the year. Um, so, I don't, you know, and, and are the Kings really a playoff team? No. I mean, the Pelicans are the one that, you know, you say if they'd had Zion the whole year, they would have looked different, but that, who that else happens. Was, uh, 
who was going getting pretty hot towards the end before they shut down the season? San Antonio. Yes, yeah. I know. I know. And but but again, the Spurs, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that didn't win fewer than 50 games for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the the best they were going to do this year if they swept the rest of their games, won their last 19, was 46 wins. So <laughs> so 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 I mean, they That's were headed I mean, they were headed basically for a 36 to 38 win season. So I I mean, I don't know what the argument could be. I mean, if, and if you're going to take the 24, I mean, let's flip it to the East. I mean, let's just say if you're taking – I mean, the, there are teams in the East that wouldn't want to make the playoffs, okay? Uh, all right. I mean, you know who would make you, the – No, we're well, not you know who, going in. Well, you know who would make the playoffs in the East if, if, if you just did it 12 East, 12 West? The Knicks, oh okay? Because um, right now the Magic were in the, – the, the Nets were under 507. The Magic were five games under 508. The Wizards are 16 games under 500. They were five and a half games behind the Magic, okay? 16 games under 500, 24 and 40. Do they deserve to make the playoffs? Hornets, 23 and 42. Bulls, they wouldn't even want to play for their coach another minute, 22 and 43. Knicks, 21 and 45. They actually snuck ahead of the Pistons at the end by a game, and then the Hawks and the Cavs. I mean, those teams are tanking. Yeah, never mind. I'm firmly against the 2014. <laughs> right. Do you want to do you want to see these teams? I mean, even no. if even if you skew it and just do 24 best records, okay? Let's say you do 24 best records. Then you would get all the way up to the Suns in 13 in the West would make it and it would be the top 11 in the East. The Bulls would still make the playoffs. They would st- the, the Knicks would be edged out by the Suns. That would be the only difference. The Bulls would still make the playoffs. I don't want to talk about 24 anymore. Forget it. I don't want to see those teams. No interest. Okay? And I don't, I don't want these other teams to come back. So let's get to 16 and let's get to the two scenarios because this affects the Heat. The one scenario is just to do it as you've always done it, which I've never liked this. But, you know, like I said, the disparity between the East and West was not that great this year in compared to past years. So – it just do one versus eight, two versus seven in the East and in the West. The Heat play the Pacers. I mean, that's that's where we were, you know, 41 and 24. Even if they'd beaten Charlotte the last game of the year, they wouldn't have caught the Celtics. I mean, they might have if the season extended because the Celtics had a difficult schedule, but they were two and a half games back. They were two ahead of the Pacers. The Pacers are tied with the Sixers. The Pacers have the tiebreak. So the only complaint there could be the Sixers could say, well, you know, we lost to the Pacers on a tiebreak. Well, you lost on a tiebreak. I mean, it is what it is. And it doesn't really affect you as far as home court. There is no home court. So, and, and they, five, six wouldn't. All year, all year about the Heat needing to get home court. home court, and there's no home court except they're playing and in Orlando where they never win. All season about which Eastern Conference opponent we would prefer more. All, all of it just out the window. Out the like, window. Out, but, well, now it becomes do you want Eastern Conference or do you want the other one? Because if you're going to keep this system, then the Heat just play the Pacers in the first round like expected then they would get the Bucks or the Magic in the second round, likely obviously Milwaukee, and they would be out of the Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia Nets bracket. Okay, that's if you keep it. Now, here's the other proposal that's come up. For years, I've wanted the Heat, I've, excuse me, I've wanted the NBA to just go one through 16 because there were 20 years in between the time where the eighth seed in the East had a better record than the eighth seed in the West. The last it happened two years ago. Before that, the last time it happened was 1999, and that was the Knicks in the strike sorting season finished eighth, beat the Heat, went to the finals. Okay, but they were six games behind the Heat between one and eight. Okay, in the conference. Okay, you couldn't even look at that season. Every season since the West was better. Every season, 
This season, they're a little better, but not that much better. And actually, you know, at the top of the conference, you could argue the East is just as good as the West, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're talking about going 1 through 16. Why? Because, well, part of it is because you do travel typically. And if this is all going to be in Orlando, you don't have to worry about travel. So you can play teams from the other conferences against each other without worrying about long flights. There are no flights. So you could do that. So here's how this would break down. And this is how the rest of the pod is going to go. Okay. If this ends up happening is that the heat would be the eight seed overall. Now they would be the eight seed because they lost to Charlotte the last day of the season, because if they had beaten Charlotte, they would have they would be 42 and 23 and the jazz are 41 and 23 so they would have finished ahead of the jazz okay which would have made them the 7 seed behind the bucks first lakers second raptors third clippers fourth nuggets excuse me the nuggets fifth no the celtics fifth nuggets sixth Okay, they would have been seventh. But because they and, – and so who would they have played? The Rockets. In the first round. In the first round. The Rockets are tenth. Okay. They would have been – that would have been a 7-10 matchup. But here's the thing. The Heat would have been – if you keep the brackets the same, that's something else we're going to talk about, I think, at the end of this pod. If you keep the brackets the same, they would have been in the same bracket as the Lakers. Yep. So they would have gotten the Lakers if they beat Houston – gotten the Lakers in the second round because they're the eight, they would play the thunder in the first round ninth seed. They actually have, uh, they finished a half game ahead of the thunder 41 and 24 versus 40 and 24. This is a thunder team, by the way. Uh, they won their last three going in the break that was given a 1% chance to make the playoffs. So they would play the thunder and then the second round would be bucks or magic. Now, we are going to get to the matchup, but let's talk about this now. One thing that Ira Winderman put out today, but, and I agree with him, but he didn't put it out for the same reason I would, is he threw out the scenario of not having brackets at all. And if Ira put this out there, probably somebody's telling him this is a possibility. Okay? I just from past experience, okay, with Ira. Somebody may be telling him that they're considering this. And maybe he even said that. I don't know. But what he basically said was, one of the reasons, you know, okay, the, the NCAA tournament does not reseed, right? One seed plays a 16 seed. If the 16 seed wins, which almost never happens, but if the 16 seed wins, they just play the winner 8-9 next. You don't reseed. You just stay in your bracket, okay? The NHL reseeds. So the, in hockey, they reseed. So that means if the worst team wins their first-round series, the worst, the 16th seed or whatever, the eighth seed in a conference wins their first-round series, they remain the worst team for seeding going forward. So they would play whoever is the highest seed left. Okay. And the reason for doing it is to reward the teams that finished higher in the standings, especially because hockey is so variable, right? Crazy things happen. So they want to at least give a reward to playing 82 games and getting to the higher in the standings. So they allow whoever's the highest seed left to continue to play the lowest seeds left. Okay. Now, Ira threw this out there as a possibility because he said without the travel, you don't have the concerns about getting scouts to various places where you have to know who you possibly would play in the next round. So it gives you a little bit more wiggle room, Alex, to kind of, you know, it doesn't matter as much, right? Because of that. Here's the reason I think they might do it. Because 
you have to reward teams for what they just did in the regular season. And you're not giving them home court. There's no home court. Nobody likes my idea of giving someone a one nothing lead in the series. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So they're not going to, nobody likes it. Not just you. So no, so no, so they're not going to do that. So what's the option? Well, just keep reseeding, right? Because so why then, is reseeding beneficial for the teams who would normally get uh, home court because, advantage? Because if you're the Bucks, let's say this, okay? Let's say you're the Bucks, and there's a spring. There's there may be a spring of upsets here in the first round, right? Because we don't know what kind of shape guys are going to come into. We don't know how motivated they're going to be. How quickly <laughs> all they're types gonna, of factors. All types of factors, right? So if you're Milwaukee, all right. If teams end up having a bunch of ups, you, you worked all year to get the number one overall seed, not just in the East, but in the entire league. If, you, if there's a, a bunch of upsets, shouldn't you benefit by playing whoever is the worst seeded team left? Mm. You don't get home court, but at the very least, if there's a bunch of upsets, and let's say we have, I mean, there's not a lot of bad teams in the West, but let's say, let's say the Grizzlies beat the Lakers in the first round. I don't know if they're the 15. No, I don't think they're the 15. The 15 would be the Nets, right? Okay. They're not going to happen, but let's say Durant and Kyrie come back. Okay. <laughs> but, but let's just say, let's just say that, that LeBron comes back and pulls a hamstring in the first game. Okay. And let's say Dinwiddie goes off and the Nets beat the Lakers. Shouldn't the Bucks get the benefit of playing the Nets next instead of having to play the heat next yeah, or, or, the, heat. or the thunder next? Right. <laughs> yeah. I do get what you're saying. So, it gives them, I don't know what other, you, you might be right. Cause I don't know what other way there would be to, to, you know, reward these teams for doing so well in the regular season. So I think you may have a point. I think it's the only way. And I, I think, you know, especially the higher seeded teams, because there's a cluster of teams here in the middle, right? I mean, if you look at it, after you get past the Bucks and the Lakers, who had 53 and 49 wins, the Raptors, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat, Celtics, uh, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, all won 40 to 46. Okay. So, I mean, you got like seven teams there who won 40 to 46. And so, but then you have teams that are clearly worse. The Grizzlies won 32. Uh, the Nets won 30. The Magic won 30. Okay, the Pacers and, and, and Sixers won 39. So they were basically in the middle too. So to me, the only fair way to do this is to make sure that if any of those teams spring an upset, okay, Nets, Magic, uh, you know, I say, you know, Nets, Magic, Grizzlies, that at least the teams that are left at the top, the Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, Clippers, get the opportunity to play them. I, that's the only way to do it. I mean, I, and it's, it's not that great a disparity because, like I said, there were so many teams bunched up between, like, 39 and 46 wins. But I just think that that is the only way to do it where you're giving any advantage at all, at all excuse me, to the better teams. So that's, what I would, that's how I would look at it. So let's get to the next part of this because what I want to touch on now is if it's the Thunder – which is, I mean, we, we never said it all year. They're going to play the Thunder in the playoffs. Uh, what, what, what exactly does that look like? Because I think, uh, you know, that, that will be really interesting to, to check out. But first, I want you to check out one of our great, great sponsors here at the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Lessons Via Leaders podcast. Um, we had uh, Will Weinrob on our show, and we talked about Phil Jackson and Pat Riley, and it was great, great stuff. So you got to check out his podcast. It is still going here. 
obviously during the shutdown. Uh, Lessons Via Leaders is a weekly podcast show where they interview a new entrepreneur, founder, or thought leader each week. Many of the guests are local leaders here in South Florida that have built huge businesses and fostered large communities and movements. Each show features a new guest that shares with the audience valuable lessons and learnings that they've amassed over the course of their careers. The show can be found all the places you find this show, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to your podcast. They also have a video version of each episode that they post on YouTube. So check it out. It's the Lessons Via Leaders podcast and, and, uh, and definitely check out the episode that we did with Will, uh, Alf and I did about a week and a half ago because it really gives you some insight into his perspective and I think you'll enjoy his show. All right, let's get back to it here. Thunder Heat. Like I said, Thunder were given about a 1% chance to make the playoffs. They dumped Paul George before the season. Uh, Sam Presti hoarded assets. He's got as many assets as any team in the league now. He's like the Danny Ainge of the West now, except he'll actually do the right things with them. But they got a core piece in the trade, who's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who, you know, in his second year, led the Thunder in scoring at 19.3 with six rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block, uh, while shooting 47% from the field, 35% from three, um, and 80% from the line. I mean, he was terrific. Um, they obviously Chris Paul, uh, you know, had a bounce back season. I thought he had, a, I thought he was close to done in Houston and he averaged, I mean, the numbers pretty staggering when I was looking at Alex. I mean, he shot for his splits. He shot 49%, 36% from three, 90% from the line, averaged 18 points, seven assists, five rebounds, a steal and a half and only two turnovers. Uh, to, that's well, but that's real Chris Paul. Like that is, yeah. and he did it in 32 minutes a game. And then, uh, and then the third part of sort of their, their guard rotation is a guy who may be the sixth man of the year, um, actually, which is Dennis Schroeder, um, averaged 19 points a game on 47% shooting and 84% from the line, four rebounds, four assists, and just tore up. He tears up the heat all the time. Um, oh, Always. And he, he's only 26. Like people think he's older, only one start. So that's the three guard rotation. Steven Adams is the big guy who actually, they were kind of looking to move, but he's still effective. 11 points, nine and a half rebounds uh, in just 27 minutes a game. Noel is kind of his primary backup, the former uh, sixer lottery pick. And then Gallinari, who was almost with the heat, but he didn't want to take the he, – he didn't want to roll into free agency a year from now. So instead he's going to roll in after this season. Uh, he wanted a three-year deal from the Heat. But Gallinari was shooting 41% from three and averaging 19 points a game while shooting 87% from the line. This team is – except for Adams, is extremely good from the line. Like I said, they roll the three guards. They're not particularly deep because I think that's going to be filled in in the draft. Um, but they're as you found, they're really good defensively, right? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They are ninth in the league in defensive rating, which is a little bit surprising to me. I knew they were good, but didn't know they were quite top 10. And they're just about middle of the pack on offense. So they're a pretty good team. They're a pretty good team that I think would give the Heat problems for a number of reasons. All right, so let's look at how they would start. Um, 
they were pretty much starting, I, I think Terrence Ferguson, mm-hmm. who's again, another young guy, only 21 years old, was kind of their fifth starter. Um, I can't pronounce Dort's first name, but he, he's 20. I mean, this team is young, like beyond Gallinari and Chris Paul. And I, Steven Adams is still only 26. Beyond Gallinari and Chris Paul, I mean, the rest of the team, everybody in the rotation is under 20, 26 I mean, or under. That's crazy. It just processed in my head that Steven Adams is only 26. That's just crazy. It's nuts, right? I mean, but he's been a productive guy for a long time. Uh, and so, Kelly Olynyk, Because I know they came in the same draft. Uh, I think about the same. I think he's 26, 27. Kelly might be a year older than him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and so they're not particularly deep. I mean, Mascala gets minutes off the bench. He's okay. Uh, you know, Hamadou Diallo, only 21, is also averaging about 18 minutes a game. But like I said, they're going to end up flipping some of their draft picks for someone. I mean, maybe it's Bradley Beal. I mean, we'll see. But they're going to they're gonna, uh, they're gonna add Presti and Donovan. are going to add somebody over the next year or two. But let's just look at the starting lineups. If they let, – let's start in the backcourt, okay? Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I hate these matchups for the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right. Who guards Chris Paul? Who guards Chris Paul? Kendrick Nunn. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I guess to start the game it would be Kendrick Nunn, but there's just no easy answer there. You would have to. I mean, honestly, you could do some creative things with like Jimmy Butler guarding Chris Paul, maybe. To I, I would probably go with that after a while, just because I, I don't want Kendrick Nunn or Goron to guard Chris Paul primarily. I would try to see if Jimmy. But how do you do that with Jimmy for most of the – I don't – I mean, to me, Jimmy's going to be on him in the last five minutes, right? Yeah, last two you're right. Minutes. It would be tough for him to do that all game, but that's the problem. And initiate offense the entire time? Like, I don't – I mean, we'll talk about the matchups the other direction. I think Terrence Ferguson guards Jimmy, but – I about to say, I, I, I like the Jimmy thing, too, because you, you would take him off Ferguson and you could easily put uh, whichever other guard on him. Well, Dun- Duncan would probably guard Ferguson, right? Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to worry about and, that. And that's none, that's none the matchups where where they where they're not just going to get absolutely roasted. Ferguson's and none guards none guards Gilgis Alexander. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. like that that either. Um, yeah, I would probably rather have none guard him than than uh than Duncan, just to stay in front of him at least a little bit. Speed aspect. I, I also wonder if the long layoff will make Spolstra again. This is all hypothetical. If this happens, it will make Spolstra more open to tinkering even more. Like there was something to be said for keeping the continuity of that starting lineup together. The the you know the Leonard Bam uh, Butler Nun Robinson lineup together. Like when you were trying to play every day and build for the playoffs, but now you're going to have a three month break. Yeah. Like I I wonder if you just look at and throw it all out and say okay they're playing. How are we going to guard Chris Paul? Hey, Andre, you're starting. Hmm. Or Jay, you're starting. And so we can move some of the matchups around. I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, okay, so, so for instance, let's say, because, I mean, we're going to get to another matchup that's problematic. Yep. So, go, go, so go up front. Okay, if you're starting Bam and Leonard, who's guarding Gallinari? Yeah, that's Bam? the thing. I, I, guess, I guess you, I would probably go Bam on Gallo and then just have Myers Leonard staying back. But that's not a great answer either because you're taking Bam out of the paint. You're, you're, you're relying on Myers Leonard to essentially be, you know, your big man down on the paint, which they have done against Embiid in the past. But it's just and – I, and I get it, right? I get why they would do that because Steven Adams is not going to roast you in the paint or anything like that. He's not, he's not gonna, a post-up guy who would just dominate Myers Leonard on the block or anything like that. And Bam, honestly, being out on the perimeter isn't a terrible thing either just because of how versatile he is. He can get out there and switch onto other guys. I think he would do a great job 
guarding. I mean, Gallo would just have nothing for Bam if, if Bam was guarding him. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, 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 he can't get well, past him. He, he's not going to be really be able to shoot over him. Like, but then there's the but then there's the other question. Like you could put, couldn't you put Duncan on Gallo and not get killed? Yeah. yeah. So 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 that so that makes me wonder if you're going to start. Okay, like Terrence Ferguson is not an offensive player. And, and we're assuming that they go with the same starters. Wait till Schroeder comes in. Then what do you do? Okay? Because that, that's going to become Goran's problem. Oh, that would be – that would be <laughs> that okay. would be really unfortunate or, for the uh, – or, 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 or Hero's problem, right? I mean, that's, that's another one. Uh, but what, what do you do with – and, again, we don't know how guys are going to come back from the break. Like, Spo might take a look at a couple guys in the first two days of practice and say, yeah, no. I mean, this guy didn't stay enough in shape. I mean, I, and I don't want to bring up specific guys, I mean, who've been, you know, out with IG models for the past month. But, like, you don't know. You don't know, right? <laughs> you don't know how guys are going to come back. I mean, I, I have a pretty good idea how Andre Iguodala is going to come back because he just came back from eight months and basically started a round into shape in three weeks, right? But, like, I don't know how some of the kids are going to come back with a little money in their pocket. You know, it's it's – it's, it's hard to judge it. You would think they'd come back better, but again, in, in OKC, you're playing another team that's a really young team. And also, there ain't anything to do in Oklahoma City. They're used to it. Um, I, I just... Get scared by that hotel or whatever, right? That's, that's something... Yeah, that the, yeah, the one hotel. Well, Dwayne used to piss people off. I pissed people off in OKC, too, but Dwayne, Dwayne always used to piss them off, like, during the finals. What do you do in OKC? I watch movies in my room. I, and I, I tweeted once when I was drunk out on... You know, there's only one street to go to there. And I went to the one street and I, I was just, I don't know what I had, but I, I, whatever. I basically tweeted out. I said, how OKC can't win a championship because the parade would only be going back and forth on one street. And they didn't that. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, I mean, they're not a good matchup for a lot of reasons. Like, okay, let's say they keep their standard lineup out there. I, I almost think you take Myers out of the starting lineup against them and play Bam at the five and give yourself a chance to switch everything by starting Jay Crowder at the four. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I, or, I do, or, or DJJ, or DJJ, perhaps. Yeah, I, I would like Jay or somebody with playoff experience to start over DJJ, and also mm -hmm. DJJ just can't be relied on to shoot yet, and Crowder was doing a better job at that. But, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely lean more towards the switch everything defense i i just have a lot of trouble seeing it happen only because i do get that there's a three-month break but it doesn't really seem like that that's something that Spo was willing to do before the break and on top of that it's like that was that was what was working that you know the set of lineups that they had and, and we saw throughout the season how Spo was you know he just kept sticking to what was working i understand playoffs are a different story game plan and you throw out the you know the full season game plan that you have but I just have a feeling that he would just go with the regular starting lineup. Something there's something telling me that he would just start with Myers, and then, you know, they 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 would trust that by the time Myers sits, it, it wouldn't be that much of a problem. Maybe, um, you know, and again, I I think you know Myers is from everything I've heard and we've seen, Myers has gotten himself you know back from the injury and and might be good to go. But I I think there's going to be a lot of throwing everything out the window. I I think it's going to be, you know, when Spo does that thing where he's like, you know, everything's on the table. You know, that's I, I I feel like that's how it's going to be from the start. I think some of this has to do with is this a two out of three series? Is this a three out of five series? Is this a four out of seven series? If this is a two out of three series, Goran Dragic is probably going to start because Spo is going to go with the guys he trusts. He's not going to screw around with how's Kendrick Nunn going to come back from this break. Goran Dragic is going to be his first a playoff appearance. 
Right, right, right. Like his first playoff appearance, go guard Chris Paul after three months. <laughs> oh my I, God. <laughs> okay. Like, I, you know, with Goran, it's going to be challenging, but at least with Goran, like, you know, you know what you've got, right? You know what he is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that a lot of this is, is going to be thrown completely out the window. I, so let's look at it from the other side, uh, the heat offensively against them. Um, Chris Paul is not the defender he used to be, but he's still pretty good. How, yeah. how do how do they match? I, I think, like I said, I think Terrence Ferguson guards uh, guards Jimmy, probably. I mean that you see that that's a that's a bad matchup for OKC right there with Jimmy because none of those guys there are really big enough to check him. I mean, right. you could try Gallinari. Gallinari's a hundred percent. Oh, he'll 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 uh, no, yeah, no. But it's like yeah, either <laughs> way, you're gonna have somebody smaller and way skinnier guarding Jimmy if you use any of those three guards. Because Ferguson is essentially a guard. I think he's he's mm-hmm. what like six five. He might be under two hundred pounds. Yeah, so. I think I, this team is so young. I'm looking at the names here that played minutes this year: Darius Basley, Justin Patton. Got a little bit of time, not much. Um, God, they're really young. Like, I mean, I mean, OKC. We talk about the Heat. These these two teams were probably the most ahead of schedule teams in the NBA. Yep, yep, yep. And and I mean, you look at Terrence Ferguson. Okay, so yeah, he is. If he's twenty two. Uh, he's listed at six six one ninety. So I mean, he's thin. I mean, he start he started. Look, he's started one hundred twenty three games the past three years. I mean, he he was playing right away for yeah. them and he was getting a lot of minutes and and donovan trusts him he's not a good offensive player but no. the, but All the reality is, is is duncan when he's given an open lane and, and hit open threes he's gotten good at hitting hitting open threes this year which is not his strength but they've all. always had a guy like that like they had uh cephalosha they had roberson right well, to be fair, i think ferguson is, is a slightly better shooter uh you yeah thought shooter but yeah i think you're right they're, they're very similar in the prototype the, the, the problem is Cephalosha and Roberson would actually be extremely helpful in this matchup because they could throw one of them on Jimmy. You can't throw Ferguson on Jimmy, or you could try. Well, what is Roberson? What is Roberson? It's been so long since he played. What? What? Yeah. Is he? Is he even uh, available in any way? Because I, I mean, he he's gotten so. hurt the last couple of years. Let me see. Because he he would be somebody they would throw at Jimmy. Um, and that would he, make easily the most sense, easily. And he has some experience, but I'm looking at let, let me look at some of the numbers here because he did not play in a long time, uh, and I don't think he's played a minute since. Let's take a look since the 17 18 season. I don't even know if he's still on. I don't even know if he's still on their roster. He is. I was actually looking over the roster. He's still there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what his status is. All right. So let so let's okay. Let's look at the rest of it though. So if you put Ferguson on Jimmy. You're going to get a lot of free throw attempts. Jimmy's going to be eating at mm-hmm. the line. Jimmy's going to get so many points just going downhill. The, the thing with, at, at least with, uh, with OKC, they can kind of hang their hat on, well, uh, Ferguson's not going to do a great job guarding Jimmy and not letting him go downhill, but you have Steven Adams back there. So I think that's what OKC will kind of bank on. So maybe Jimmy won't be just scoring at the rim over and over, but he'll be getting to the rim. But Steven Adams is not a shot blocker. Steven Adams average, uh, Noel is their best shot blocker at one and a half. Steven Adams averaged 1.1. But he's their defensive anchor, and he's definitely a great defensive big. He, he's not a shot blocker, you're right, but he's just one of those guys who eats up a lot of space and grabs all the rebounds, and it's just mm-hmm. the way no, he's a good player. I, I'm, I'm a big Steven Adams guy, and he's, he's a perfect role guy with, with, Chris, with Chris Paul in the pick and roll. Like, I, I like Steven Adams, but I'm, also, but I'm just – That's the type of guy that gives Bam trouble. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so let's get to that. All right, so let's assume then that Terrence Ferguson guards Jimmy. Again, if, this, if the lineups are, are as they look, mm-hmm. then 
Chris Paul guards Kendrick Nunn. Wait, how, how, hold on. How big is that Dort guy? Uh, he's I know six, he he's short. He's short. He's 6'3". Okay. He's short. He, yeah, he, he, really he's actually up. built a little bit like Nunn, to be honest. So, so you've got – so they don't really have – well, Diallo's a little bigger, isn't he? I think Diallo's a little bigger. But he's Diallo, Diallo's 6'5". But so, you know, they, they, have, they have a lot of length and athleticism. They don't have a lot of size, honestly. Uh, they, they just, I'm not just even sure about tr- the length. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Well, Diallo's got a little – I mean, they've got some of their guys do. But I, I think – but, okay, so Gilgis Alexander would guard who? Duncan? Yeah, that's tough. I wouldn't even want – if I was them, I, so I don't know that they would want him chasing around screens. But I don't know that he can guard Kendrick Nunn maybe, but I guess Chris Paul will be guarding Kendrick Nunn. So, yeah, yeah I think, think he'll be guarding Duncan. I think you're right. Yeah, and I think Chris Paul would guard Jimmy down the stretch. Unless they start a, a crowd or somebody else like that that they can throw. That they could put him on, right? And yeah. then Steven Adams guards Bam. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes, for sure. That's the one and, matchup they can really, like, be – you know, Bam is Bam is obviously the better, more important player in every way. But we've seen it every time that that they played each other. Steven Adams is just too damn big for him. That guy is ginormous, and yep. you hear players talk about Steven Adams and just how strong he is. Well, he's strong and he's active. That that's the problem with him. There are a lot of strong guys around the league who don't have his level of activity. But he does not. One of the reasons he doesn't play that many minutes is because he goes full tilt the whole time. And Bam tends to take advantage of guys who don't. And so if you have a guy who's that strong and that active consistently, like even a guy like Embiid, like I've never felt would be that big a problem for Bam because Embiid takes possessions off. Yeah. And so Bam, Bam just outworks him. Steven Adams does not take possessions off. Um, Noel also, you know, I, I, again, I think this has to be reframed that he was kind of a busted lottery pick. But in the role that he was in this year in OKC, he was good. Yeah, he, he just he, he needs to be in a limited role. He's a shot blocker. He gives you energy. To me, he's kind of like a better Joel Anthony. Is what, I was going to say. I was going to say better Birdman. I think they're all they're almost they're similar, right? He's yeah. he's he, he he plays above the rim. He gives them some vertical spacing. He never developed anything else in his game. But well, honestly, way better defensively than I think Birdman ever was. Yes, well, yeah, you guys who block steals. He's just not a, an anchor, but he's a he's a good player for sure. He is, and again, I you know how are guys going to deal with foul trouble in this scenario? How are these games going to be officiated? All this plays into it. All right, but let's get to the overall uh, theme here because we haven't even talked about Hero and Dragic. You know, Schroeder gives the Heat fits. I I, I don't. Oh man, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you match up with their three guards. I mean, the Heat would throw three guards out there, but if you're going to put Tyler Hero or Goran Dragic on Schroeder, it's barbecue chicken. I, I don't, uh, you know, I, and again, you know, none's you not. to worry about Schroeder being a great defender or anything. So, you know. No, Hero he's not. Definitely be getting some buckets in as well. He's not. He, he honestly, I think of all of them, he would be the biggest problem against the Heat. Like, as great as Chris Paul is and as great a season as Shea Gillis Alexander had, I, I I've always hated the Schroeder matchup against them. And it, yeah, you're right about Schroeder just always tearing them up. That's a hundred percent. He he is one of the heat killers. But man, we haven't even talked about it yet. But everything that we kind of talked about all season for what the Heat's defensive woes were and the yeah. type of teams that they struggle against, OKC fits the profile. Man, like they've yep. got the guards and they've got guys who can pull up. All three of their guards are guys who can just pull up and shoot. They're all pretty crafty in their own way. You know. Those are some real threats. And you could even put Gallinari right up there because Gallinari does a lot of his stuff at the top of the perimeter too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is which is why I was originally scared just looking at it, you know, matchup to matchup. Like if 
They would have well, you can't start Myers. Myers. You can't start Myers then, because exactly. so you're going to have to start Jay Crowder, and or or DJJ. I mean, that's that's just the way it's going to have to go. I think it would be Crowder. I agree with you, and and I think they'd have to go that direction and bring Eguidal off the bench, and then essentially the Olinick or Myers Leonard just gets the minutes behind Bam. You see, it's tough, man. This is why I kind of struggle seeing Spo doing it, is because the Stephen Adams thing really has me like, is is the smartest thing to do is go smaller because if you get <laughs> Steven Adams is going to is just too big for Bam and, and if you get a switch he's going to easily eat on whoever switches on to him I don't know if going smaller is the answer just because of that part I think Spo would want to have another big there that could help with the with the Steven Adams thing and have I don't think Spo would have any problem with Bam spending time out on the perimeter there's no easy answers, man. This is the type of team that can kill you if you're not careful. But I think well, you know right. what they remind me of? They are a, 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 in, in a short um, format. If you're not going to play four out of seven, th- this OKC team to me is like an NCAA tournament team. You know, the three guards spread you out. If they get hot, you know, their guards, they're pretty much almost impossible to beat no matter how thin they are. Yeah, they'll because grab they, a lot of rebounds, too. Because they are thin, right. They get the long rebounds. Like, yeah. they are in, in a short format, and that is why, and we'll close here, that is why the Heat would be better off, in my opinion, uh, if it stays east-west. I, I think Indiana is a much more conventional matchup yep. than Oklahoma City. You know they could exa- afford to put Myers up. Uh, they could afford hard. to play Myers because you're going to play the two bigs. You're going to play Sabonis. You're going to play Miles Turner. And then, you know, you look in the backcourt, yeah, Oladipo can be great, and he's probably fully recovered by now and got the rust off if he's been working, which I'm sure he has been. Uh, but we didn't really see him and Brogdon much together. I feel like, you know, Oladipo would be a problem, but I feel like they would put Jimmy on him and yeah. at least make him work. I, it, it feels like a more the natural match- matchup. Are the matchups are cleaner. The matchups in this series are all over the place. Billy Donovan was a tournament coach. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like it. And, and it's a young team. Um, they're bound to uh, – the Heat would play – Indiana's a little bit – Indiana's pretty young too, but this is a really young team. I feel like against a lot of teams, the Heat's youth would be an advantage, even though they have added Iguodala, they do have Dragic, they do have Jimmy, but the rest of the team is under 30. Um, I, I feel like this team, though, neutralizes that youth advantage for the Heat. They've got some springy athletes. I don't like it. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would pick the Heat. I mean, without oh. home court, without home court, I don't. I just don't like the matchup. I feel uh, the three guard thing scares the hell out of me. I would pick the Heat over Indiana pretty easily. I don't yeah. like this matchup. Just, I don't like it. I, I, I feel the same. I think. <laughs> I think it would be really tough because of the whole thing that we, you know, we talked about. Their point of attack defense has been their weakness. They try to start Myers. I could easily see them getting to some bad starts in the first quarter that they're just trying to come back from for the rest of the game. Because you know Chris Paul is not just going to throw away the game and let the Heat come back. You know, he, that's, that's not one of those guys that they could take advantage of and just kind of outwork possession by possession. I think it would be tough to try to, come, you know, play uphill, uh, play an uphill battle after starting off in the first quarter getting cooked at the, in mm-hmm. the point of attack. But if they go small, I think it makes it, it makes it harder for OKC to game plan because that's the opposite of how the Heat have played all season. Right. I, I still really like the whole, you know, Jimmy's going to get to the line over and over and over. I think he's, he's, it's gonna, him getting downhill is just going to create so much offense for them, even if he's not scoring. Because other than that, if Jimmy isn't going downhill, the offense kind of bogs down. I think we've noticed. But remember, Alex, I know, but remember, Alex, the officials going to be rusty too. Like I, I, they, <laughs> this is, I mean, this is going to be a mess in a lot of different ways. And 
I guess the question is, does Eric want to go conventional because it's what he knows or just throw everything out and say, we got to win. And I, I do think it's different if it's best of three versus best of five. You know, best of seven, maybe you work into the series a little bit more. Best of three, Goran Dragic is going to be the point guard of the Heat. Like, I, I just know it. Like, I can, I can tell you right now that he's not going to screw around with it, take a chance with anything else. He's going to say, this guy's been in. And here's the other reason for that. Goran's been in international competition. He's, he's taken a team. He's won the European Championship with a totally outmatched team. Uh, he knows how to play in these kind of condensed situations where you don't know who you're playing next. You know, I just feel like... You know he's going to give you a crazy effort. He's not going to back down yes. from the other team. Yeah, Goran would Goran will start. Him. Absolutely. Goran will start. And, and it's, it's no disrespect to the other guys, but it's just... But then, you know, if he's going to start, have fun with Chris Paul. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right, check out uh, all of our sponsors. Of course, uh, one I didn't mention on this episode, Seltzer Mayberg, onecalllegal.com. You got any kind of legal issue... They're there 24 hours a day, onecalllegal.com, O-N-E, calllegal.com, based here in North Miami. If you want to sponsor the show, reach out to us. We're still honoring COVID pricing, even as we kind of come out of COVID. So um, help us. We'll try to help you out and check out all the other sponsors in our network. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Also, the Lessons Via Leader podcast, louispeters.com, keystonechiropractic.com, and all of the others. We'll talk to you soon. For listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.